Welcome to Happy to Be Here, a wellness podcast for anyone who wants to care for their mind and body in sustainable, realistic ways. We are back for our fall season, and honestly, after a summer hiatus, Noelle Crooks is the perfect guest to kick off with. Noelle is the author of Under the Influence, a fun and light read that takes you through one 20-something-year-old's journey through hustle culture, boundary setting, and deciding whether she even wants to grow a ball so close to the sun. And since we believe in downtime and boundaries around here, I knew I wanted to introduce you to some good reads this season. Under the Influence is the first to perfectly fit the season of fall leaves, cozy sweaters, and afternoons reading in your favorite coffee shop. I'm Vivian. This is Happy to Be Here, and here's my conversation with Noelle. I am so excited to be on this episode of Happy to Be Here with Noelle Cricks, author of Under the Influence, which has the most beautiful cover ever. I'm really excited to be able to talk a little bit more about the process of writing this novel, um, a little bit about even the wellness routine for you while you were writing it, and then also what you uncovered around the creator economy as you're projecting um, and building out these characters and how the world kind of sees influencers or influence. But before we get into all of that, I would love for you to just introduce yourself. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Like you said, Noelle Crooks, the author of Under the Influence, and so excited to be here. We're here on a rainy New York City day. (laughs) You live in New York too, right? I'm in Connecticut. Oh, Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, same clouds, same clouds. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) So how long have you lived in New York? Was that a big inspiration for the book? Just a few years. And I would say it kind of was a big inspiration. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to live in New York. And definitely during 2020, 2021, I was really kind of just going for my dreams in a big mm-hmm. way in all areas of life. And one of those was New York. So to me, New York and this book feel very much kind of in tandem, I would say. When you were writing it, Tell me more about that process for you of going from the initial idea to what it is now, which is a book that people can go pick up in their local bookstores. I love this question because it's the question that I feel like I am just brutally transparent with, (laughs) which is that in 2020, I had an idea and Mm -hmm. it was when we were all quarantining. And so I had watched basically 700 hours of Netflix at that time. And <laughs> and counting still. So. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I didn't want to make banana bread or sourdough bread or mm-hmm. do TikTok dancing or, you know, all the other fun hobbies that kind of occurred during quarantine. But I decided I was going to be productive and let me just open up my crappy MacBook Air and just see if I can write a story. And that's really when the writing process began for me. And I ended up uh, coming up with this idea for Under the Influence and started to write the first five chapters in a really honest and comfortable way. Because at that point in time, it was very much like a passion project. And it was very much something that I thought was great and interesting, but it wasn't necessarily like I had this amazing sort of master plan. And now I look back and I think how cool that this one little seed of thought that I had or one little idea has now grown into this amazing book and this amazing journey. And during then, that's when the writing process started. And I sent the first five chapters to my best friend and she read them and encouraged me and said, oh, this is actually really good. And (laughs) I would love to, you know, I read it so quickly, keep going. Mm -hmm. 
And with her encouragement, I just kept going. What? Tell me more about what the book is actually about for anyone who hasn't come across it across social. I've seen so many book talks already sharing it, um, which has been really fun to see. Well, that's so exciting that it's on book talk. I have been crossing my fingers that it ends up hitting some kind of algorithm <laughs> on book talk. I'm trying to do things on TikTok. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm doing them well, but I have back then, um, when I started to think of this idea, I knew I wanted to write about a toxic workplace. And so Mm -hmm. the book is very much about that. It's about a young woman named Harper who on a whim ends up applying for a job working for this charismatic influencer, Charlotte Green and her company, The Greenhouse. Mm -hmm. And it involves a move where she just picks up her life from New York City and moves to Nashville and ends up working at The Greenhouse At the beginning, she thinks it's really exhilarating and challenging and fun. But as she sort of starts to work there a little bit longer, there's red flags and she is seeing all this toxicity within the workplace. And the closer she ends up getting to Charlotte Green and Charlotte Green's world, the more she ends up learning that there might be a dark side to being a influencer girl boss. When the book was initially pitched to me um, and you as an author, I was really interested in diving deeper into that dichotomy between like what influence culture looks like right now and how palatable and unrealistic and aesthetic and so many other adjectives we can put across that that make people just want it more and more, right? Like I see so many TikToks come across my page that are just like, here's how you can get PR mailers. And here's how you can do all these things. And it's my question when I'm seeing all these things, always why, like what is behind this? And obviously there's a whole economy that's coming up across it that feeds the beast a little bit and makes it really sustainable and attainable for people who are trying to get a side hustle that helps pay the rent or or like get their foot in the door through this um, industry. But I think there's also a really toxic side to that. And there's like an overconsumption and then there's the, bar being so high on how you're supposed to live your life, your day-to-day life, and your 20s particularly, I've seen it. And that can feel so stressful. So as you were working on writing this book and then just living your life too in New York City, how are you seeing so many things that you were writing about play out in your own life? And how were you helping your characters manage those expectations and that pressure um, while simultaneously doing it yourself? I love this question so much because it feels so relevant to me. When I was writing the book, I really had a time. I think during Mm -hmm. COVID, it changed people so much, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. Mm -hmm. But for me, at least, I had a moment where I was looking at myself and social media and my life. And I was Mm -hmm. asking myself this question, am I building a life that looks good or am I building a life that feels good? Yes. And that is a question that I end up always asking myself specifically around social media. And that's a really good sort of North Star when it comes to me writing the book and also mm-hmm. living out my life. I definitely think in my early and mid-20s, I had spent a lot of time really wrapped into social like many early 20s um, yeah. people do. And at that time though, it was, cool to take photos in front of walls. I don't know if you remember that time (laughs) in our life, but that's when I sort of was really into social media. So every Mm -hmm. colored wall, every city I traveled to, I, you know, there'd be a picture of me fake laughing in front of some wall. And uh, it was uh, 
really transformative for me working on this book and doing obviously a lot of research into social media and influencers. And for me, a lot of it looked like trying to understand what draws people to certain influencers and also what makes you successful in being an influencer. Because at the end of the day, to me, this book is much more a vessel for conversation than sort of a point of view about influencer culture. So for me, what it looks like is on a very day-to-day level, just trying to be as honest as possible. And if I ever feel like my human isn't showing up enough on social media, I try to make sure that I'm being as open and transparent. My goal, at least with my social, is that the life that I'm living in real life, this 3D life, is actually showing up in a 2D way. And so when I was exploring this with my characters, it looks a lot like Charlotte Green and the duality of her sort of creating this perfect life that she wants all of her followers to believe that she is an amazing businesswoman. She is a mom that has it all together. She is an adoring wife. She lives in this perfect house. And all of these things were inspiration because they're things that happen in real life. That's so often what we see on social media right now are these influencers that are showing us the perfectly curated everything, like down to your workout and your meal and your life. And to your point, that's a lot of pressure because that's actually not what real life is. Nobody's real life is perfect or perfectly curated. And so a lot of those themes are things I loved exploring within the book and within my own life. It's interesting because I think one of the things that I think there are like two paths that I've seen, especially become popular over the last decade. So I've been doing this since about 2014 in some capacity. And like the wellness mental health industry has definitely, it's turned into an industry in the last decade where it wasn't. Um, And I think that that also has, to your point, like the, the graduates of the taking a picture on the wall, humans are now like the next generation is definitely the people who are coming up on TikTok. Um, And it's really interesting to see that. But I also think it's, it's the, like, there's the path of being able to just um, have your social media represent the idyllic version of your life. There's the having it show like your actual life in the mix of like what's reality. And then like the path that I think I follow personally is more, I've really chosen to use it as my work platform. And so like it is an extension of the work that I do and my life is almost nowhere near where it looks like, right? And the things I talk about are very honest and they're they're a peek into my life. But like my personal life has remained outside of the internet, which I think is really, not from my perspective only, but just like, it's really cool to see how many different avenues you can take now where it somehow felt like the only path was the one path you could potentially walk. And I think that you do a really good job in the book of saying like, you know, and I've I've seen a couple of interviews you've done as well, where you're talking about like everyone's under the influence of something at any other point. And so understanding what that influence is, is what ultimately allows you to kind of break out of it. Definitely. I think social media, so much of it is about reflection. Mm -hmm. And like you said, 
under the influence, the title, a lot of people will read that and then read the back of the book and they'll just assume that that is the main character, Harper, being under the influence of Charlotte. But the reason I actually wanted to title it that is because all of the characters, like you said, are under some type of influence. And one of the biggest influences is social media and fame and money and all of these different sort of motivations that Charlotte has in her life, which in the book, you can also see Harper kind of picking up on some of those things. In the beginning, she has nearly no followers. She doesn't even know how to turn her account from private to public. And as she progresses in the book, we end up seeing her enjoying social media and getting excited when she has followers. And I wanted that to be an important aspect to the book to show Charlotte is not a character that is all bad. And just like these influencers that a lot of people criticize, you know, the feeling of liking when people are following you or the feeling of enjoying growing your platform, those are not necessarily innate, like evil emotions or things. They're just things, to your point, that need to be reflected on and understand and sort of hold it in a certain way where you are not necessarily letting that be your only motivation and driving force to what you do in life. Exactly. Did you feel like writing the book changed your perspective on the internet, but also just like what success and fulfillment look like? Because I think that those are like really big themes as well, of just like that understanding of like self-worth throughout it. Absolutely. One of the things, as I had said before, in my early 20s and mid 20s, there were so many things that I was doing really right. But of course, there were so many things that I was doing really wrong. And <laughs> as we all do in our early 20s. <laughs> and one of the things I was doing really wrong was being so deep into this hustle culture mentality, which is another theme in the book. And mm -hmm. for me, a lot of that ended up looking like sacrificing, you know, friendships and family time and physical health and mm -hmm. personal well-being. And to me, a lot of those themes are things that also fall into social media and pressures. It's all sort of nuanced together. And mm -hmm. I definitely felt like throughout the journey, of, and this has been a three-year journey of idea to bookshelf. And so during that time, it's interesting because almost like Harper, I'm growing a little bit too. Mm -hmm. You know, I Oh my gosh, don't... three years, you're growing a lot probably. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> growing personally. I'm also growing in similar ways that Harper was online mm -hmm. and people, you know, doing interviews and doing podcasts. And so of course, these themes that I wrote about are things that I'm also being incredibly mindful of as I kind of navigate my online journey and my personal mm -hmm. life and what I choose to show online and what I choose not to and all of mm -hmm. those boundaries around that. And so it has been increasingly reflective as it continues to be every single day for me. So you're really open on um, Instagram, which I really love and appreciate. And I think I, I think probably a lot of your followers do right from that perspective. Um, I will say like a few days ago, you posted a series of Instagram stories and you were talking about the transparency behind what the financial burden was. Burden is a strong word. The financial reality of 
what it took to write the book. Um, but also not even just the financial costs of it, but just the real friendship costs and the family costs and like life. Um, I would love to hear more about how eye-opening that process was for you and what you would tell someone else who's embarking on this. And I don't, cause I don't think it's limited to being an author or writing a book or taking on that project. I think that whenever you step into a path that is more aligned with like where you want to be as a person, a lot of other things kind of fall to the wayside intentionally or unintentionally that maybe need to be on the wayside for you to be able to focus on this thing. So for people who don't follow me, I ended up sharing, like you said, a series of stories that were sort of just a peek into what this journey has looked like in a very real way. And what it has looked like is a lot of costs that people don't necessarily think about, or at least I would say I didn't think about. I've always known I've wanted to be some sort of entrepreneur or have some sort of project that I was excited about in my life. And when I'm on social media, specifically in my mid-20s, I was seeing all of these people building exciting projects and businesses, and nobody was actually talking about (laughs) the realities. And so it kind of felt like when I've been going through that the past three years, I have always just wanted to make sure that I was sharing the real day-to-day stuff. And so what that looked like for me was first financially, I spoke about that I had the highest paying marketing job I had had in my career. And to me, this book was something that I was so excited about, but I was getting to a crossroads with it where first, you're not really able to do two things at that velocity well. And so I was kind of recognizing that. And second, I was getting to a place where time was becoming such an important currency in my life where I wanted to really understand what I was putting my time into. So I took a step back from my marketing role, which I always use the phrase, take a step back, but I really think I should say like leaped forward with no net because that feels (laughs) much more accurate. And, And leaping forward with no net looked like me building this book and life using savings and using the book advance in a lot of ways and Mm -hmm. doing things that is just really not sexy and stuff that people put on social media. So I thought, okay, I want to be as honest as possible. And there are days where I have to cut back expenses. There's been plenty of moments in the past three years where I've had to take a step back mm-hmm. and look at finances and say, okay, what, what makes the most sense and make hard decisions. And additionally to that, there is the time aspect of anyone who's doing a side business or a side hustle is needing to understand and really appreciate the time that they're spending on it. And a lot of that means saying no. And so that was something I shared online that there are so many girl trips and vacation trips. And something I had ended up saying on book tour was that I particularly remember when hot girl summer became a thing. Like people just, that phrase ended up going viral on TikTok and everybody was talking about this hot girl summer. I, during that summer, was also incredibly single and lived in New York City. And all of my friends were 
texting me and saying, oh, hot girl summer, hot girl summer. Mm -hmm. Well, it also just so happened to be the time that I was deeply, deeply working on this book and had told them, I'm not having a hot girl summer. I'm having a house cat summer. (laughs) And this summer is just going to look like me being indoors, basically. And so the last aspect of the cost was friendships. And unfortunately, that's happens when you and not just in a business way. I know people reach personal milestones or family mm-hmm. milestones in their life. And sometimes it comes with cost of losing people or friendships. And so right. to your point, I try to just show up as honest as possible because I want to make sure if there are other entrepreneurs out there or aspiring entrepreneurs, they don't feel alone and they understand that at least in my corner of the internet, I'm going to try to be as honest about these things as possible mm-hmm. because it's so unsexy and so un- not fun and not what I want to be talking about. But I, the other day, thought, wow, it's looking really exciting on my Instagram. And not that my life right now isn't really exciting, but mm-hmm. I want to make sure as I'm showing me being on TV or me doing these interviews or being in People magazine, all of those things are things I'm excited and proud of. And also there's this whole reality behind the scenes that looks very real. And I just want to make sure that I'm sort of showing the full picture when it comes to that. I think those stages of rediscovery and of building what is essentially a business, right? Like at the end of the day, you're building a business and as an author, as whatever anyone who's listening is building, that comes with a lot of, I love how you said like your biggest asset at that point that you were contributing to or that you had a hold of and control of was your time and figuring out how to best use that isn't always easy. And it's naturally going to mean that if you are spending time on one thing, you're not spending time on another thing. Um, one of the quotes I really love, I forget who the author is, but she mentions that I went up viral, I think a few years ago, but we're all balancing balls and some of them are made of glass and some of them are made of plastic. And we just have to figure out which ones we're okay dropping on a specific day. And sometimes you drop a glass one and you're like, it's fine. I needed to keep these other ones up, but you get to make that choice every single day. And I think as you're building a project, that's very true. And the boundaries you learn to set as well, like that growth stage, I can imagine that over three years, your life looks drastically different in a lot of personal ways, but it probably also looks drastically different in the way that you perceive the world. Um, And that's really cool. And I think that's a really awesome opportunity when you're growing alongside of a project to truly understand what value you put on things and where that value needs to go. When it comes to like your own boundaries, you've mentioned this throughout that answer. Um, What were some things that didn't just happen by chance, but that you learned that intentionally you still want to carry through as you're moving away from the writing and publishing of the book and more into the promotion, but just also into like the rest of the chapters of life that this will allow for you? First, I definitely, from a work perspective, have created a lot of boundaries. Obviously, one of the biggest themes in the book being toxic workplaces. I want to make sure in this entrepreneurial journey that I create boundaries for myself because as I'm sure so many entrepreneurs could attest to, it's so easy not to when you're excited about a project and you're putting everything into it. Yeah, exactly. And you just want it to do well. And so to me, 
gosh, it'd be the most hypocritical thing to write a book about toxic workplaces and being worked to the bone and then thus doing that to myself. (laughs) So I've created boundaries around what that looks like. I have these things in my life that I call recess, which I just have taken from my from being a child. And I will purposely make sure I have certain recesses every single day. And Mm -hmm. I will make sure that that. if I have stayed up late at night, I I allow myself to sleep in a little bit more. Like I really want to make sure throughout this working process that there's obviously going to be stretches of time where your head's down deep in it. And those things are not possible. Right. But I want to be as mindful as possible to create time for friends, family, personal well-being, my own wellness, time alone, all of those things to recharge. And then the second part I would say around boundaries is when it comes to social media. I like to share a lot and I try to be as honest as possible, but obviously there are things that I don't necessarily want to be always at the forefront, which some of those look like you know, relationship boundaries. I am dating someone who's also sharing things on social media. So making sure that I have boundaries around that and not, you know, showcasing every last detail. I also think in the book, you can see Charlotte and Ryan's dynamic when it comes to their relationship. And a lot of those, in my opinion, are lessons that we need to be careful about how much of our relationship we show online, in my opinion, and also understand the impact that that has on your in-real-life relationship. (laughs) So some boundaries around that. And then also just giving myself the freedom. Like the past two days, I've been kind of heads down and working on things and feeling a lot of pressure. And I have not really been posting very much. And a former me probably would have been really upset or pushed myself to like fake showing out all these things that I'm doing. And instead I've just been like, well, today's a real day for me where I just forgot to. So that's fine. We'll figure it out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I, I just live in that space now. Cause it's also like, like we were mentioning prior at the end of the day, it's a business, right? Like you're, you're building something and you don't focus on the business in the same way as every single day. Um, and unless you have a team, your energy doesn't go to social right away. Like there's sometimes where you're just like in deep work and things look different. Um, I also love the fact that you mentioned relationships. I think that's a really important theme. And we've been talking a lot about being like, so I'm 30, 31 in December, I guess. Isn't that what I have to My say? My birthday's in December too. Is when it is really? Yours? December 11th. Mine's 22nd. Oh my gosh. Oh, Literally 11 days apart. Us. I know, little Sag babies. Um, but so I just turned 30 last year, turning 31 this year. And I think that for me, 30 has been like the most transformative, but I've also been the most reflective on like what my 20s were. And adult friendships has been something that I've really been thinking about in the last eight or nine months um, of just how much those shift throughout and like how much they shift with where you are in your life and the kind of dreams you're chasing and the period and stage you're in. Um, as we start to wrap up the conversation, I'd love to hear your take on how even in those three years, you saw so many changes within 
how you perceive friendships. And like writing friendships is also really interesting because you're writing the dynamics between people and being like, am I, is this a standard I hold my own friends to? Or is this like just idyllic versions of friendships? Yeah, that is an awesome question. I think for me, the past three years, friendships have definitely ebbed and flowed. I think for me in particular, I feel really blessed. I have some incredible friendships in my life that we have sort of the dynamic where everyone is either building something or they have a lot of other things going on. And we have that sort of quiet understanding that, hey, if I don't hear from you in a week or two weeks, or we have sort of a pause in terms of communication that is okay. I love you just the same. And we will pick up where we left off. And so I would say in the past three years, those friendships have strengthened because obviously the past three years I've been incredibly busy and doing (laughs) a lot of things and really focused and saying no to things. And then I would say as a woman, unfortunately, we live in a world right now where when you are succeeding or reaching milestones or things like that, it can sometimes come at the cost of friendships because there is so much comparison or competition that is sort of ingrained in women from these outside factors and environments and media and things that we sort of have been consuming for years. And I think for me, that has been sadly a reality where certain friendships have drifted or I haven't been able to sort of maintain the deepness that we had before because of these things happening in my life. I would say to it all, though, I feel like at the end of the day, those are things that were probably going to be inevitable. I think how you show up in a friendship, whether it happens today or in five years, it's probably just who you both really are. And so to me, I think focused on the amazing friendships I have and focused on building those even more and and making sure also that I show up as that friend when regardless of, for instance, I'm not married, I don't have kids, but if someone who is my friend, that's a huge goal in their life right now is to get married or be pregnant, like really showing up for that moment in their life and rallying around it, I think is big because to me, even if it's not a goal that you might want in particular for your life today, still showing up for your friend and being that cheerleader is so important. Because I think the range is real, right? Like it's some people or friendships or friends in this moment are building businesses. Others are building families. Some are building both at the same time. And that's just the reality, I think, of growing up and figuring out what the dynamics are between you and your relationships. I also think um, one of the things that my friend and I have been kind of using as the word to encapsulate exactly what you were talking about is friendship equity. Like you just build up that. that, you just build up that equity in a friendship where they know like you're not a bad person if you're going quiet. You're probably just dealing with your own things. You're going through your own moments, whether it's like a mental health moment, whether it's building something that's exciting, but taking all of your time so that when you return back to the friendship, it isn't about losing any of it. It's about just finding that space and energy to say like, yeah, of course I want to be here for you. Of course I want this to be exactly where we left off because I know you're a good person and the friendship doesn't have to be consistently 
present all the time in order to do that, which I think is another one of the myths as we wrap up and circle back to like where we started. Another of the myths that social media really puts forward is that your friends are only your friends if they're in your texts every single day. And I'm like, honestly, I barely have time for like making sure I'm eating all of my meals (laughs) and doing all of my things. Like who has a time sometimes? Um, And I think the reality of just being like honest about what friendships and life looks like amidst building really exciting things is also really important. Yes, I completely agree, honestly, with all of that and feel like, like you said, it all works in tandem to each other. Social media Mm -hmm. really touches so many different aspects of life. As someone is diving into September, which is when this episode will go live and getting into their cozy season, I personally think that this book is a great cozy read, but can you tell people why it would be their favorite September or October read? I think you would love it in September or October because... It's a fun, light read. And I know September and October, that change in season, going Mm -hmm. into fall, people usually like hang up their bathing suits and get their work boots on and sort of like get to work. And so (laughs) to me, I think this is such an amazing book to just wind down after a night or for a weekend. And it's fun. It's conversational. Everyone who has read it has told me that they see it like a Netflix show playing in their head. So Mm -hmm. I think this is the perfect read to drink your pumpkin spice latte and cozy up to this book. Yes, (laughs) cozy up on the couch, cozy up in your favorite coffee shop and let these characters in because I do think it's a really fun light read. Um, But that also brings up really important themes that may take you in as you like think about what the end of the year needs to look like for you. You We're wrapping 2023 very quickly. Um, so it's a really nice way to kind of put a book in to a, a new season. But as now that we are ending the conversation, where can we find you on the internet? Yes, I am on Instagram at Noelle Crooks, spelt like the book cover. And <laughs> I am also we'll plug it again. Yeah, amazing. N-O-E-L-L-E-C-R-O-K-S. <laughs> and I am on TikTok, uh, same thing, Noelle Crooks. And uh excited for anyone who wants to follow along with this journey. It's going to be fun, a little bit weird and very raw and (laughs) honest. So you'll get it all. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you so much, Noel. Thank you. I'm adding all of Noel's links and social handles to our show notes. On our end, don't forget to rate, review and share. Happy to be here with a friend if you can. It's how we can continue to grow our community. And let me know how you like Noel's book. See you next week.